All right, we're officially recording, man. It's about time. Well, man, I'll tell you what, it's good to be back for sure, right? Yeah, looking at the episode that we did last there, dealing with stress, June 12th of 2019. Sorry, folks. Dude, so that's a year and two months. I promise it's not for like lack of effort or laziness, by the way. We, uh, we had a lot of things going on, so we'll talk about those a little bit, among other things that we're doing... Uh, in our world so yeah should we get this going today yeah let's do it so episode number 32 uh don't we have to kind of talk about like um i don't know sponsors and stuff oh you got yeah uh got a sponsor for us after after all this time (laughs) Yeah. yeah so as always uh the gorilla social work podcast is brought to you by alpha counseling and treatment Alpha Counseling and Treatment is the largest and most respected provider for forensic clinical psychotherapy for justice-involved clients in the state of Utah. Alpha Counseling specializes in providing evidence-based practice to individuals afflicted with a substance use disorder or those who have committed a sex crime. Please call us at 801-645-5455 or find us at utahsbesttherapy.com. So let's get into it. Episode number 32. For you, yo, it's fight night, man. I know. Yeah, who do you have tonight? All right, like well, on, the, on the on the main card. Well, obviously. who I want to win versus who? <laughs> not this shit no, I. So Stipe, uh, okay. If you're not sure what we're talking about, the, so UFC tonight, the kind of the the fight for the baddest man on the planet, the UFC heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic versus uh, DC. Daniel Cormier. So, uh, Stipe, I, I saw that he came in at 230, mm-hmm. which is about 10 pounds light. Yeah. I, I think that will, is going to make him quicker. I think it's gonna, he's going to be faster. And uh, that's DC's main attribute. Is, is he heavy? Uh, Stipe usually comes in at about 240. Is he thick, though? Yeah, he's so Thicker thick. Thicker than usual? Yeah. yeah. T- T-H-I-C-C, <laughs> thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's got a bedunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the weigh-ins then? Yeah. And that's what you're paying attention to was his bedonk? Yeah, I can't help myself. He's a handsome man. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think Stipe's got I, it. I was more. I, I really wanted to see the uh, the Sean O'Malley fight. Oh man, that dude. He, he's. I mean, obviously the UFC is grooming him to be like the the next big thing, and he might be. That he is fun to watch. He's got good range, good timing. He's got some ability. I'm not sure how he is on the ground yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just knocks everybody out. Right. right? I guess yeah. you don't need to be good on the ground if you just lights out everybody. Yeah. You just like starching all the dudes on the, on the planet. Right. For sure. Well, that'll be, I mean, either way. Yeah. So we'll, this will be, I guess, a shorter episode than, than you guys are used to. Um, that'll kind of be like a, um, one of the one of the things that we're we're um, doing a couple changes if you guys haven't noticed is we're a man short um, so uh, Justin has uh, since left the podcast he, he took another job we wish him well um, you know he's doing doing good things for himself so um, you know all the luck in the world for that guy but uh, yeah he won't be joining us anymore so right now you just got us two idiots talking to you 
Yeah, we wish you well, Justin. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but uh, the other thing is, is, is uh, <laughs> if you guys hadn't noticed before, um, we kind of had like a, a format where we were just talking a bunch of nonsense to begin with and uh, didn't really get into uh, too many issues or, um, and we, we did start talking about therapy and, and whatnot. So kind of the new format that Jeff and I thought about, and of course you guys can give us feedback on this um, as, as we move on is we wanted to kind of look up an issue um, in the world of, you know, uh, either substance use, sex offender treatment, um, do our best to kind of do what we have to do for ourselves, which is dummy that down and, you know, make it so like a five-year-old can understand it because that's kind of what we need, a couple of professional five-year-olds. And uh, and then just comment on maybe treatment approaches and kind of some, some strategies uh, moving forward with, with whatever the, the topic of the day is. And uh, and, then, and then that'll kind of be the format of, of what we're discussing. So it kind of keeps everybody up on... Um, you know, one thing about social work that I've noticed and, and just behavioral health in general is just, I don't know if you notice this, like how quickly the, 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 I guess the tools and the models and the techniques and all the therapy changes over time. Oh yeah, for sure. Like even in a decade, I feel like we've done, I mean, we're doing completely different stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I look back to what was kind of standard protocol from when I first started and yeah, it's entirely different. And I mean, in a, in a good way though, I, the, like, it's pretty fast moving, like, like you're saying, mm -hmm. and I don't know, it's, uh, research is getting cranked out. Like the, one of the main appeals that you'll always hear at conferences is that we need more research and which is absolutely true. But yeah, if, uh, well, here's the thing though, like there are still people I mean, I'm not going to name treatment providers by name, but there are other providers that are still doing the stuff that was relevant 10 years ago. And so, I mean, I guess ultimately the field only progresses as fast as, you know, each individual provider is willing to keep up on the most contemporary research. And that's what we try to do. You know, we, we've, we've talked a bit about the program that we've used, you know, CBI, SO, and different podcasts, but yeah, that's entirely different than uh, the approach we had, you know, circa 2010. Yeah. It, uh, well, I think, um, overall more than anything, I, I guess I would just be, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like uh, for, if I was in the field, like coming into this and trying to understand a little bit of that, I think it'd be useful as a social worker, but also as like a, a client, anybody who's receiving these services to number one, kind of like understand what it is, what it is that is, you know, kind of more cutting edge as far as the field goes, but then also kind of, to for the, the the you know the workers and the behavioral health therapists that are working in this field case workers and whatnot to kind of have have an understanding of this as well and primarily just uh my my biggest emphasis and i kind of always tell like we've had this conversation before and i've certainly told a lot of my uh a lot of my um a lot of people that i work with as far as like other therapists and whatnot supervisees that you know, humility is probably our best trait as behavioral health therapists. Working in psychotherapy, doing forensic psychotherapy is, it's going to change in 10 years. And, you know, we shouldn't be resistant. We should just be kind of jazzed about that. We've talked about that before plenty, but um, certainly that's something that, that mm -hmm. I think this is going to help us focus on is is really, um, you know, let's talk about some, some you know, recent things coming up in the field and, and see how that applies to what we know or not know for that matter. So... But uh, but yeah, good to be back. So, I mean, what's what's been the delay for us? 
Well, I mean, we could blame that disease that okay. that's happened, but so, yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with us not doing the podcast though, but yeah. it, everybody's blaming coronavirus for like anything that like sucks or doesn't happen right. Ah, COVID. So I don't know. Uh, we'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking COVID, man. Yeah. It's COVID, bro. Yeah. 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 But we got to, I don't know if, if, if last time that we did recorded one of these, did we have a... Um, did we, did, did, have, have we moved up to Wyoming yet? I don't think oh, so. Wait. No, no, not June. So June of 2019 was our last released right. podcast. So January, but yeah. So the other thing guys that kind of delayed us was we were, um, we entered into a, a contract really, um, you know, we're one that we're really excited about with uh, Wyoming department of corrections to provide, uh, sex offender treatment up in their in their prisons and so it's been a really cool experience so far um yeah super windy and cold though it's i didn't know hurricanes happen in wyoming but apparently they do so <laughs> man we the the, you, the crew that goes up to wyoming you know like like you april you know garrett like yeah. that i mean you know nancy i mean you guys are soldiers that they're commuting guys they're commuting up there to work that's uh Gotta, I gotta hand it to you. That's, uh, and that's not something a lot of people are willing to do. They must treat you really good up there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely an experience for sure, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I like it a lot. It's, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of good stuff going on with that. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're happy to be up there. So, um, okay, well. So anyway, that's uh that's all our excuses that we're willing to offer as to why we've been lazy and not doing work on yeah. this podcast. That and, and uh, social unrest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a yeah. that's a good enough reason as any. So, yeah. 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 So if you guys haven't noticed, the other thing that we've kind of been talking about was um, that that there's yeah I mean things are kind of really I don't know what do you terrible there you go yeah. terrible yeah. these days that's a good way of looking at yeah. it and so one of the we thought that we would um we thought that we would kind of capitalize on one of those issues kind of being a little bit more controversial now of course we try to stay away from anything that's you know incredibly controversial but uh yeah you guys will kind of understand what we get into so i don't know did you did you hear about this jeff at all this uh so this is a story from reuters yeah uh and this was published back in may and so it, the, the headline is fact check, uh, the LBG, L, LGBT, <laughs> LGBTQ already got us in trouble. is not adding P to their acronym. Um, so it says social media users have been sharing posts online that falsely imply that the LGBTQ community is accepting of pedosexuals. There are different versions of the posts, but most refer to the claim that the community will add the letter P to the acronym LGBT. Um, LGBTQ is an acronym for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning and or queer. The community has been wrongfully associated with pedophiles in the past. It is widely reported that this link is untrue and offensive. The LGBTQ, LGBTQ community does not condone pedosexuals and no groups have shared that they do. These claims are false. So, I mean, I don't know that, that like, so back when we, we had an episode on pedophilia mm. and one of the things that we discussed in there was like the origins of it, you know, like how it kind of comes about and really, 
it's 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 like a mystery wrapped in enigma, buried in a what's another s- synonym for illusion? There you go. Yeah, uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah an yeah. illusion. Yeah. So, so it's it, there's no there's no real I guess solution to the whole thing, and there's no um, I mean to, to understanding that, and really even our treatment is not designed to uh, really target the deviant sexuality directly. I mean, more so what we're trying to do is is when we're working with somebody who has deviant sexual arousal, and that would be arousal towards something like, you know, a, a person who can't consent or maybe somebody who doesn't have mental wherewithal or whatnot. Um, the, 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 the best, you know, technique for working with that, the best antidote to that is healthy sexuality, getting them into pro-social relationships intimate relationships that they can really buy into um not necessarily and so you're not reinforcing that that deviant sexuality but i don't know man what are your initial thoughts on that yeah this this one i mean i get wondering about the implications of it i i you know there's something to be said for you know the lgbtq community not wanting the you know pedophiles riding the coattails of you know the you know the movement that's you know brought like equality acceptance and understanding to uh to the lgbtq community and also i can and this is the part where things get tricky is the you know what what is the intention you know behind the you know pedophiles wanting to attach themselves to the LGBTQ community, and I and that that's where I think a lot of the controversy comes is wondering about what's the intention and what are the implications if that happens. And you know, I think that man, like there's the I mean, the LGBTQ community, you know, make you know they they really try to you know make themselves known to to take away you know any of the the stereotypes that led to them being held back for, you know, as, as long as they were. And, you know, pedophiles are roundly condemned. I mean, there's not very many people that champion their causes. And when people do champion their causes, there's a lot of suspicion around it, you know, and that, but like, th- this is where it gets tricky is when it comes to like, okay, how much control do we have over our sexual orientation? You know, and there's always the, the you know the nature nurture debate, and I mean the nature nurture debate is something that I mean that I, I think the the you know homosexual folks have you know really been raked over the coals at times. Uh, you know, with with you know is is our sexual orientation a choice? You know, were, were we uh, born with it? And I mean, ultimately, I, th- I think that. The, the take-home message is it's, uh, it's really tough to control what you're aroused to. And we don't know right now. We don't have enough information to definitively say if you're born with it, you know, with what you're aroused to, or if it's like a conditioned type thing, or if, I mean, we, I think we can probably say it's not a choice, you know, and the, you know, pedophiles, uh, which is illegal to act on it, that I, I think that some of them are wanting to be seen sort of under the, the same, the same spotlight or the same idea that, you know, they, they don't have control over it and that there needs to be some acceptance and that's where things get rough. What do you think? Well, so, I mean, if I'm hearing you right, then like, this is basically saying that 
Okay, so th there's there's uh, there's some attraction to the LGBTQ. To, gee, why can't I say that? Uh, that's a mouthful, man. <laughs> yeah, LGBTQ. I get the LGBT, and then the Q throws me off. Q is a weird letter. It's a queer word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Singer. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's, I guess there's an attraction towards that in that, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, civil rights that have been, been gained for those folks over the last, what, you know, 20, 30 years mm. um, that have moved moved things quite a bit forward. Like, I mean, just, I just, you know, remember in my lifetime how it was a, a huge deal that, you know, gay people couldn't get married. Right, right yeah. Horrible, right? And, and it was like... Um, tons of protests and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, ultimately it kind of turned into, I mean, I don't, I don't know your philosophy on this is, and, and to a lot of people, it's kind of like, well, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, um, and, right. but, and a lot of people took the position that, well, yeah, let them get married. Why not? That, that makes, that makes no sense. You know? And I think ultimately that's probably why it turned in that direction. And that's not disrespectful to like religion by any stretch. I mean, everybody gets to have their personal beliefs on that stuff. Um, and I'm, you know, that's not, that's not really what I'm, I'm trying to get at. I think that the, that, that, um, that group and the, and the leaders of, and the activists within that group have done a lot to, uh, push forward things that are bettering their own lives. Right. And it's not as if, you know, I guess, I don't even want to say pedosexuals. That just, it seems almost it's a stupid word. Well, yeah, it almost seems disrespectful to what it actually is. Right. Mm. Because pedosexuals almost sounds like that's normalizing the, the, the behavior. Oh, sure. Right. Right. So, no. um, I mean, I just, I just, the other thing is it's not as if it's not as if that they haven't attempted to move, you know, push an agenda forward in terms of like their rights and their activities. And, and, um, but they've mainly, they've the done pedophiles or, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. so anybody with sexual attraction towards children, specifically pedophiles. And, and one thing I just see, even though pedophiles is like such a weird word too, cause it's a clinical term and half these guys probably wouldn't meet the criteria. Well, more than half, I'd say, I mean, the vast, vast majority of them do not meet the clinical diagnostic criteria right. for a pedophile. Man, people so, are using the word map, right? The acronym MAP, Minor Attracted Person. I don't know how I feel about that one, but that's what people are calling it. It is weird because I don't know, like, if you if you say pedophile, I have a hard time with that because it's a clinical term. And, you know, you that that falls in the same category as, like, like somebody saying, I'm addicted to Game of Thrones. Like, okay. Sure, yeah, right. Addicted? Addicted? Really? Come on. The people Addicted to Game of Thrones. A lot of armchair quarterbacks <laughs> that, like, like to use words from our, from our field and just <laughs> yeah. apply it to everything. Well, right. Uh, like, I have OCD because I like to keep my kitchen clean. Like, okay, dude, you don't have a clue what OCD is. And right, exactly. Trust me, it's pretty tragic. But, so... I don't like using the word pedophile, but then, um, but anything like child molester just seemed, God, that just seems rude. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's very like aggressive, you well, know, even though right. I'm like all, almost all the literature that we read for like risk assessment, that's how they're referred to as True. child molesters. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, what's like a, what's like a, a, a standard like name that we could apply to that. That's that's like this respectful, descriptive, but uh, Chester. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and this is kind of the thing too. Is like 
like pedophiles. I mean, uh, I just for the sake of simplicity. Chester's. Yeah, Chester's. There you go. Sorry, Chester. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we, a lot of the dudes we treat, um, well, you, they either legitimately fit into that category from a clinical point of view, or they, you know, they don't. They might have actually committed an offense against. Um, somebody underage, but you know, because I don't know if we need to do a for sure deep dive on the clinical criteria. I mean, maybe a brush over, but I th- I think that uh, it's I don't know, it's it's misleading. You yeah, know? it's uh, let's look up here. So we'll do uh, pedophile. pedophile. Well, but like, well, yeah. While you're looking that up, mm-hmm. it's it's just we 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 really try to be respectful of our clients and a lot of them face tons of stigma which you know again like you know sexual sexually abusing children is like you know one of the worst things that can be done but like i've i've seen i've seen pedophiles that you know while they don't while they aren't necessarily successful in changing what they're attracted to at, you know, at times, at least the exclusive pedophiles, um, they are able to live productive lives. They're able to live lives and not abuse people. I personally know people through, uh, you know, clinical practice that have basically made some significant lifestyle changes, and in a sense, they they don't act on what their desires draw them toward. And so like even something, I know you're joking about the whole Chester thing, but like, uh, I think what's, what, what's the desire here for pedophiles is to not be as stigmatized such that they can actually come out and talk about what's going on with, with their, you know, with their situation and be being able to maybe reach out to people like you and I before they act on it, and you know there there kind of needs to be a maybe a more open forum for them to be able to seek the help in a proactive way rather than reactively after they've already done a ton of damage and have gone through the prison system and end up end up talking to us. And there's a lot of guys that are pedophiles that have expressed that to me directly saying like, man, I wish this therapy were more known or were available or like it was possible to, you know, uh, address this without, you know, condemnation and, you know, and, uh, reporting. And so I, I think that that is a lot of the well-intentioned pedophiles rationale for attaching themselves to the LGBTQ community. And then there's a, the, the dudes with bad intentions, the NAMBLA type of guys. Right. right. That's kind of what I was getting to earlier. Right. Like there was, and they kind of did it in a stupid way. Well, not, stu- well, not stupid way, but I mean, they were trying to backdoor it through first amendment stuff because they were publishing, um, they were publishing. Explain what NAMBLA is. So it's North American man, boy love association. And yeah, if you've seen that South park where it was, the, uh, <laughs> where it was the uh, North American Marlon Brando lookalike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, so that's a, that's a real thing. They have a, they they have a, um, I think it's a monthly magazine um, subscription. Jeff got onto it for a while. Um, He says for research, but man, don't even attach that shit to me, bro. (laughs) Come on, man. Uh, And then there's and then there's uh, then there's the uh, so they have like a book. There's like a, a almost. It almost read like a manual on how to generate a relationship with, you know, a younger male and then keep that, 
you know, secretive and, and stuff like that. Obviously, I mean, horrible, right? And uh, but, but if you're talking to one of them, um, you know, one of the folks who are representing that, they would they would say that that is something that they, you know, that they they believe in and that it's their First Amendment rights. I don't really know the outcome of that. And again, um, like what came in with the Supreme Court, if that ever even went to that. Um, and, you know, again, I would say to some degree, there are people who genuinely have, you know, uh, that. Because the, the thing is, is like, Jeff, like you were referring to earlier, there's an assumption. And the assumption is if I have those attractions, I'm for sure going to act on it, right? And I think that's a flawed assumption mm -hmm. because people can lead perfectly normal lives and just have those attractions. And again, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not uh, by any stretch condoning it because it's illegal. And just even from, you know, the person sitting in front of us, it gets in a tough position because they're our client. You know, the person that they may harm is not our client, which puts us in a weird spot. Because, you know, technically we're, we're asking them to change their behavior um, so as to not, you know, re-offend or offend in the first place. But it's not for the same reason some might think. Some might think that that's in consideration of a potential victim. And it's not. What it is is because we, we assume the person sitting in front of us wants to lead a, you know, a normal, a, a relatively normal life given these circumstances and that they're going to have to have some tools and methods to be being able to do this. And so that that's kind of why we do the treatment that we do with them. Um, you know, a side effect of that is that they're not creating any new victims, which is good for everybody. But then they're able to be, you know, co contributing citizens to society. So the the symptoms of this, this is to the DSM-5, the most recent edition. This is an individual who has had arousing fantasies about urges for or behaviors with a prepubescent child or children. The individual has acted, that's one, um, there's six specifiers. The individual has, um, or three criteria on six specifiers rather, I'm sorry. The individual has acted out these sexual desires or is experiencing significant distress or difficulty as a result of these desires. And the individual is 16 years of age and at least five years older than the child or children noted in criteria, criteria A. Um, and so the specifiers are exclusive type, means they only have sexual attraction towards children, non-exclusive type, sexual attraction towards adults and children, attraction to boys, attraction to girls, incestuous only. So those, now, so in a lot of these cases, the question is, is, is this leading to, you know, some sort of functional impairment? And so the second criteria there, the individual has acted out on these sexual desires or is experiencing significant distress or difficulty as a result of these desires, that would be where a lot of these, a lot of folks fall into. I mean, they're able to pump the brakes to the point where they know, okay, this is bad, I shouldn't do this, I'm going to get arrested, so on and so forth, but they nevertheless experience a lot of distress. And so, so again, I understand you can have opinions about this, about how gross and horrible it is, and that's fine. But just imagine, like, you just, one day you just wake, like, what if, what if one day you woke up, and you just start having sexual fantasies about kids, like be, an, you, yeah. be a nightmare. Yeah, right. I mean, and if, especially if it's the exclusive type to, so I mean, like just for like a mental exercise, like whatever it is that you know, if you're whatever you're, if you're a listener, whether you're heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, whatever, like whatever it is that turns you on, like imagine that being illegal and universally and societally condemned, and then, you know, trying to live a life. And I mean, it's going to be difficult. And so these, these folks that are trying to maybe attach themselves to the LGBTQ movement 
are are wanting to because like that second criteria can you go back to that the yeah. second criteria that the individual has acted out these sexual desires or is experiencing significant distress or difficulty as a result of these desires you know so in other words like that they, they their attraction has led to either legal problems or that in a lot of cases and a lot of the guys i've talked to mace that that fit this they they hate that they're aroused to it. Like yeah. they wished they weren't and they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know who to talk to. And so by maybe trying to write in on the coattails of the LGBTQ movement, they're, they're wanting to, well, the ones that have good intentions at least are, are wanting to maybe have a more acceptance and understanding at least of the attraction they have. And, uh, with, without acting on it, that's the key piece there. And, um, a lot of these guys that you kind of have to wonder if they felt like they could reach out to someone like Mace or myself before they acted on it, if we would have been able to, you know, like prevent a horrible sexual assault from occurring. And the with everything being so shrouded in mystery and in the dark and, you know, universally condemned, they just don't feel like they have that that outlet. And again, I'm wanting to draw a firm distinction between that and the, the NAMBLA folks that try to normalize pedophilia, that try to, you know, they'll bring up things like, well, you know, in ancient Greek culture, or they'll <laughs> say, say things like, you know, children are, uh, these are things you'll hear is they'll say, well, in other countries, you know, uh, 13 years old is the age of consent, or they'll say, they'll talk about precocious children they've met. It's, it's really like, it's ugly reasoning and, uh, it falls short in a lot of areas. I don't know if we need to get into addressing why it falls short. Most people seem to be on board with that, but like our position is absolutely cannot act on it, but we do need to provide a forum for them to be able to reach out to people like Mason and I to, uh, figure out how to live a lifestyle while limiting this um, pretty intense uh, drive that they that they have. Yeah, that, so that's that would be my message on some of this stuff. I mean, it, it's you know, uh, so it reminds me of when I was going to uh, to BYU, and at the time there was a um, one of the professors there had talked about um, they were. So they were trying to campaign for um, a, a diagnosis called uh, ego dystonic homosexuality right. disorder, right? Now, okay, before you flip out, just listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so uh, in the DSM three, homosexuality disorder was in there, and um, it's good that that's gone. Now, so this is different, though. So this is ego dystonic homosexuality disorder. Is it, what, what that was designed for was they they had a a research sample of uh, of a lot of um, well not a lot the, the small small sample but there was the, a lot of uh, individuals that were um, you know LDS community and other way other way. oh are you even allowed to say LDS anymore no yeah it's yeah it's okay so the sorry if that was a that was a um, audio glitch there but so with uh, Latter Day Saints um, basically like the idea there with uh, the um, professor was that she was saying that, okay, she doesn't care so much that, um, you know, when she's working with, with men with same-sex attraction, she doesn't really care so much that how, that how that either conflicts or conforms with their religion. What she was concerned with was there's a lot of guys that were at BYU and then also just with the, a lot of the clients she was working with who were killing themselves, right? They were committing suicide because 
of this conflict that they were dealing with. And the conflict was that they had same-sex attraction, but they were also very devout to their faith. And so, and obviously there was conflict within the scripture that I you know, said, don't do that or whatever. I mean, I'm probably butchering it, but in any event though. Alma chapter five, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so she basically, so she was advocating for this uh, disorder called uh, ego dystonic homosexuality disorder. And by all definitions, what, you know, that, that's the accurate terminology for it. When you're doing a diagnosis, it needs to be accurate. And, you know, she basically what she was saying was this isn't a pray the gay away type approach. What this is, is you have a lot of men who are struggling, who do have that emotional distress that the pedophiles that we work with sometimes often deal with. And to the degree that they're committing suicide, she said, I don't care if they leave the religion. I don't care if they stay in it and they try to make a decision to get married, you know, with a you know, opposite sex partner, whatever it is. What I care about is people not killing themselves. And to mm -hmm. me, that sounded really reasonable. And I thought that was, you know, something that was kind of noble as far as looking into and addressing. But um, ultimately that got shut down. That's not in the DSM-5. And so, um, but, but that's essentially kind of what we're dealing with here is that you have you know guys who likely do not like themselves that they're having these thoughts and attractions they also don't you know like the fact that they're having the thoughts and attractions and they nevertheless do exist and without any type of treatment then those things are most likely not going to go away on the, on their own and so while it may leave you know some a bad taste in your mouth so as far as thinking that that somebody could come in off the streets and say hey i have a same sex attraction towards or sorry attraction towards a, a child, um, that, that now all of a sudden that, that, you know, nope, they're, they don't even deserve treatment, uh, get the hell out of here and, and so on and so forth. I think what <clears throat> our approach would be, look, if they're distressed about that, like that deserves some compassion, just like any emotional distress does. And don't assume that that person wants to, wants to offend. In fact, the reason why they're coming to talk to us is because they don't want to offend and they're trying to work on that, which we should kind of give some consideration for. So, um, again, I'm, and I'm not trying to compare homosexuality to pedophilia by any stretch. It's definitely not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just simply saying that th these, these attractions that are happening, um, I think it's, it's not wise to assume that the people just dig that and they're just down for it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think maybe you're right in that they're trying to, to link themselves with, you know, a, a, a group that's a little bit further mm -hmm. along in terms of civil rights and is able to kind of receive some of these uh, considerations and, you know, they're not, I don't know, looked at as per social pariahs and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, the kind of further on into this as a spokesperson for the Human Rights Campaign, Civil Rights Organization, working to achieve LGBT equality, told Reuters e via email, the LGBTQ movement absolutely rejects any suggestion that our community is linked to non-consensual interpersonal behaviors. So, clearly... I mean, you're not going to see a P in the LGBTQ, you know, uh, what is that, an acronym or? Uh, no. What is it? Yeah, let's see. Is that an abbreviation? <laughs> it is an acronym. I thought an acronym, like, sounds like something. I know, huh? Yeah. yeah that, that one doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I, so, it's not going to happen, but I I do advocate for the fact that we probably should be a little bit more 
not accepting, um, accepting that people, that this does cause distress and the people need help is what I'd say we need to be accepting about. I mean, a, a big part of therapy. So, you know, the, the term that you were using is, you know, ego dystonic mm-hmm. and we're looking to help people be ego syntonic and, essentially that's the goal of therapy anyway, right? It's to, so here, here's the trick and this is what we have to try to tackle in our field. And this is why it's difficult is that we want people to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I, I think everybody can relate to that, that desire, that drive. We want to feel comfortable with who we are. However, we also want to achieve that while simultaneously making sure that the way we're living, the way we're acting is not causing damage to other people and not causing harm and not violating some of the most sacred of societal norms like, you know, don't hurt children. And so that's complicated. That's tricky. And most people have a really tough time doing that, doing that on their own. And so they need the professional help and they need someone like us that we're skilled in helping people learn to love themselves while simultaneously having a set of values that does not lead to them acting on that specific behavior. And that's, that's difficult to do. And if, if, if people could be more accepting of maybe the plight that these folks are in, in the sense that you recognize that although the behavior is abhorrent, that they can't do much to control the desire for it. And that, if things were more open in terms of, you know, helping people at least be able to admit to it, to get help like they might for, you know, an addiction, again, not the same thing as an addiction, but just the the same way that someone might reach out if they're suffering from something like that is it's critical. And so in, in that sense, um, although they're not going to be able to write in on the LGBTQ coattails, uh, for the reasons that Mace was just talking about i I, we we could do a little more as a society to create an open forum for them to seek help and um live a happy healthy successful life here 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 i've only heard that once in my life (laughs) story for another day i was gonna say yeah (laughs) okay well, good place to end. Yeah, that's good. All right, well said, my, my friend. Hey, so uh, sorry for the audio quality on some of these things. Uh, Justin was kind of our sound engineer at, at this time, so Jeff and I are rookies in that sense. But one thing we do with anything is get better. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, thanks for coming back, guys. We're glad to be here.